You think that you are the number one dad? No offense, Homer, but your half-assed underparenting was a lot more fun than your half-assed overparenting. But I'm using my whole head. No wire My father would womanize, he would drink. He would make outrageous claims like he invented the first Welcome. Take two <laughs> of our attempt to record uh, Arrested Development Peer Pressure. Um, this is our second go at this. Amanda, do you want to talk about what happened last week when we tried this? Yeah, I got so very emotional just about... Um, I think a lot of the parenting you see in this episode pulled up a lot of my experiences as a child of these kinds of parents. And it's, uh, it's interesting to hear you say emotion. You got angry. I got angry. I mean, angry is an emotion. I know, but for you, <laughs> you can say you got angry. Yeah, I mean, I felt more than anger too, though, because it was also, you know, disappointment. It was also rage and sure. hostility. No, I'm just kidding. The anger spectrum. <laughs> yeah. It was other stuff, and then ultimately what was under that was sadness. Mm -hmm. So There's a lot of sadness on this show. Yeah, for sure. I think that's part of why it wasn't a bigger hit. Yeah. You know, something like Seinfeld, it's okay that a group of friends doesn't want to be better and doesn't want to improve their lives or or make people happy, but it's kind of ugly coming from a family. (laughs) Right, yeah. Um, And this show, for all the, we're going to talk about some of the talent associated with it, we're going to talk about its... I mean, it's a revered show for yeah. both of us, too. Yes, like it's, it's an extraordinary piece of television, but it's really kind of yucky. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, that's a very critical term. I don't know if you're familiar with what that means, but it's... Do you tell, Professor? Uh, it's, it's a, it does not feel good to watch, necessarily, it right? It doesn't. And in a way that I was completely disconnected from when I watched it in my early 20s. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk about that. So this show, Arrested Development, we're going to watch uh, Peer Pressure. Uh, it's on Hulu. It's on Netflix. It's season episode, season one, episode ten. Um, the uh, original air date for this episode was January eleventh, two thousand four. Did you watch it live? No. No chance, um, right? No. Yeah. I. I mean, that was. I, I watched it soon after it came out because I was um, a freshman in college at that time, um, and watched it in the dorm room with uh, my high school friend, Gina, Okay. Uh, on DVD. Sure. Which we no longer own, we found out. Yeah. This is one of the discs that got purged because it's <laughs> all of these are on uh, streaming. Yeah. Um, yeah, similarly, I didn't watch it when it aired. Like, no one did. It was, the mm-hmm. first season was 120th in the ratings in a year when there were like 150 shows on TV. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. Despite winning several Emmys. Right, and I remember seeing ads for it on TV and being like, oh, that looks like a great show. Mm-hmm. That looks interesting and funny and it's like something I would really watch and then never did. Well, part of it was it aired Sunday nights after football, so it was very hard to find. Um, and I ended up, like everybody else, I didn't discover it until I saw one episode uh, when I was in grad school. Like, they re-ran it on some station. And I was like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then discovered it on DVD and, and like binged it. It's one of the first shows I really remember binging. Yeah. Um, and watching it with my dysfunctional family members was fun. <laughs> yeah. um, and of course with my friends. 
so this episode, uh, Peer Pressure, uh, the story centers around Buster realizes that medical marijuana might help cure Lucille II's vertigo, and he pays George Michael to get it for him from Go or from Job. Uh, Lindsay um, sends Maybe to spend a day with Lucille to punish her for bad grades, and Michael thinks George Michael is on drugs uh, and attempts to teach him a lesson. Uh, the episode was written by Mitch Hurwitz and Jim Vallali and is directed by Joe Russo. 7.2 million viewers watched it. This is Mitch Hurwitz's favorite Arrested Development episode. Uh, it's a very good one. <laughs> Do you know who Joe Russo is? No, no idea. Do you know who the Russo brothers are? No. Do you know what Avengers Endgame is? No. Avengers Endgame is one of the Marvel movies. Okay. It is the highest grossing movie ever made. Okay. It is directed by the guy who did this episode. Okay. Weird. Really strange, right? Like <laughs> a show that's that's very well written, I suppose, and also well directed. Like, but to to go from this to that to 120th in the ratings to the most popular thing ever made. Well, and I don't know all of the Avengers, and I mean, I'm talking out of class here because I'm not very familiar with all of the superheroes. Please and comics. do go on. <laughs> but like, I remember watching Pacific Rim, and that's just what all of them look like now. Sure. Where it's just it's. I don't know what's going on, and there's a robot. <laughs> I, I feel like have, my mother. I also have nothing but condemnation without investigation to offer, <laughs> so I won't, won't, won't further that discussion. Um, <clears throat> all right, so Arrested. Why do you think it wasn't a bigger hit? It's got a lot of quality elements to it. It's incredibly funny. It holds up really well. Um, pretty rewatchable. Great cast, great talent, obviously associated with it. A lot of people gone on to a lot of good things. Yeah, I don't think the people that would watch it were watching live TV. Sure. Um, and this was pre-DVR. Pretty right you know, as DVR was starting to become more normalized. But yeah, right. I don't remember. Ha- I mean, I don't remember our household having DVR at the time that this came out sure, to even sure. say like, "Oh, let's record it and watch it." Yeah, and it was I'm, a big deal in '05 that my roommate had uh, TiVo. Right. Yeah, TiVo, the original gold standard of DVRs. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it was something that like, man, I could probably see my my dad liking it. Definitely sure. not my mom, but like wouldn't seek it out and wouldn't mm-hmm. watch it then on his own. You know, like I think all of the shows my parents watch are things that they could really sit down together for. And sure. It's sure. alienating. Yeah, it's not really, <laughs> you're not going to oh, catch it every Sunday. Like it's a binge show. It's a Netflix show. I think. Yeah, like it, it was, really it was, is. This is such a stupid thing to say, but it was ahead of its time in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and it, maybe just because of the way that I watched it, but it really is like a get a pizza, have a hangover, mm-hmm. watch the whole season. Well, <laughs> that's interesting that you watched it when you felt bad because it's a feel bad show. Yeah. It's, it, it ultimately, so do you remember the pilot? Yes. Michael tries to teach Lindsay, not a lesson like in this episode, but like an actual be a better person lesson. And she like fake cries and they're like, aren't we dysfunctional, but at least we're a family. Mm-hmm. And it's wholesome mm-hmm. in a way. It's familial in mm-hmm. a way. And then they never, ever, ever deliver on that. Never go back to that. To the point where didn't the, I didn't watch season five, right? Yeah, no, um, I didn't either. Didn't the fourth season end with George Michael punching him? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, like, it got really dark really fast that mm-hmm. fourth season, too. And, I mean, you know, there's a, a lot of, and in this episode specifically, like, a lot of jokes about Lindsay's eating disorder. Mm-hmm. And Portia de Rossi actually has an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, 
it's just like, you know, it, 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 it's, I mean, it's triggering for a lot of things. And I think us trying to record the episode last week showed me just how much that is true. Sure. And Jeffrey Tambor actually turns out to be a just total asshole. Total piece of shit. Yeah. Um, all right, so uh, we're going to talk about this a little bit, but first, what, uh, which Bluth family member do you think you are? Um, I mean, I already talked a little bit about eating disorder, but probably Lindsay. Uh, being the only girl in a family where the pressure is all, for whatever reason, not about what you can do, but about like what you look like while you're doing it, and, sure. and, and sticking to standards that are about... Um, women and how women are supposed to be. That that really felt true to me. I think you'd also send our daughter to a school where they gave pictures for grades. Yeah, for sure. If you had your, <laughs> your druthers, if I dropped out of COVID, I think she'd yeah. end up in a school like that pretty quick. Yeah, Montessori is, is pretty close. Uh, that's true. Um, I, for all the ways I want to be Michael or a better version of Michael, I think I'm pretty solidly Job. <laughs> a little bit of Buster. <laughs> But yeah. pretty, quite a bit of job. The older brother, yeah. Yeah, totally. no, just, just something missing. Yeah, I mean, uh, something, just wants to yeah. Be away. I mean, something, not so, something missing from, like, the, I mean, the way that Michael is, I, you know, the, he's just, he's a, not the kind of son who is the kind of successful that, uh, George Bluth wishes he was, you know? Well, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second when we talk about the mamas and the papas, because mm-hmm. I don't think there's a, a son that could be successful enough for George. Amen. Yeah. Right? Um, so, okay, the first section here when we talk about this is the mamas and the papas, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of literal family in here, generational. Um, but let's take it in the order of appearance, right? Because that's sort of, I would say Michael is the most prominent father of For this. sure, yeah. Um so I, uh, the moments of Michael that I thought were like nice parenting and I, there's not many, right. But he does have good intentions. I think like mm-hmm. he seems to be the only one who's not motivated completely by self-interest. Yeah. Um, maybe it's his self-interest fantasy of what a family should be, sure. but it's not money that's <laughs> motivating him. Right. Like yeah. uh, he's the closest thing we have here to nobility or, or a noble person. Right. Yes. Um, I really related to. Uh, my parenting of uh, the way I was parented when he got upset about the A minus. Yeah, no, um, that that made sense too. Yeah, um, you worked hard enough for the A almost. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't quite get over the hump. Um, I liked the uh, that the idea of the bar for the fridge had been lowered. Uh, I constantly feel this way, like as a person aging in society, like just oh, what we recognize as outstanding or what we think of as appropriate behavior, it just feels like it's gotten lower and lower and lower. Interesting. Um, for example, my, I remember a couple of Thanksgivings ago, I was at my dad's neighbor's house and they were telling a story about their kid being hungover, going to a Broadway at the show and vomiting all over the lobby. And they were like, but he's really got himself together. And I was like, excuse me? I don't know how you, have they changed what having it together means? No, that's inexcusable. But like, like I think it's probably good that we're expanding our definition of what success looks like. Sure. Um, one thing that I did think was positive parenting from Michael was like, I mean, he's honestly interested in his son. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he doesn't always quite get there, but he's, he's, he's wanting to be involved and he's wanting to be a part of his son's life. And he wants to rear him. He like does, he wants yeah. him to have a better life. And mm-hmm. I mean, that desire for A's is, is not rooted in 
disinterest, as right. you say. Like, it's not rooted in not seeing him, mm-hmm. as many of the other sort of relationships here uh, are. On that note, I, when he suspects George Michael is smoking pot <laughs> and, and conducts a sort room. of weird, misguided <laughs> investigation, that reminded me so much of both my mother, like, just, just catching the scent of something and then running 100 miles an hour in the opposite direction or the wrong direction of, like, no, this isn't what's happening uh, uh, but also me, when, like, our kid has something up her sleeve, I don't know what it is. Sure. <laughs> like, I feel so oblivious. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, he's, again, he's trying, but rather than having a frank conversation, he's just like, oh, well, what what could it possibly be other than drugs? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I thought that first scene did a really good job of sort of establishing in the episode Michael and Lindsay as very different points of view on parenting. Yes. Do you want to talk about her parenting a little bit in the beginning well, there? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, Michael says that um, discipline is what keeps kids out of trouble. Mm-hmm. That is is his perspective. Um, and Not just out of trouble, but like specifically <laughs> off drugs, right? Yeah. And she thinks stress causes drug use. Yes. And, and kids getting into trouble. Mm-hmm. And... Like, I think they're both right. For sure. For sure. <laughs> I think he's right to push George Michael for an A and grades don't matter. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, there's some part of it where, where it's like, yeah, you need you need some structure, some boundaries, some discipline, because that's how, I mean, you're raising a person to live in a society that has those kinds of things. But also too much stress. I mean, then you just press down all of your feelings and all of who you are so that you can mirror somebody else more effectively. Oh, you become and, buster. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I think I, I think Lindsay's right in that perspective too, where it's it's she's you know, she's too far the other way, but sure, know, of course, she's of course. she's wanting um Wanting maybe to have a freedom that she never was allowed. Mm-hmm. And and I see that with my own parenting, too, where I want so desperately for our daughter to have, like, the ability to be herself that I sometimes don't give her the boundaries and structure that, like, would be really useful for her because sure. I always felt so under someone's thumb. Would you say that when she attempts to, when Lindsay attempts to discipline maybe, and is like, you're punished, you're punished, <laughs> and she punish clearly you. doesn't know what to do, <laughs> yeah. oh, would that, is that familiar <laughs> to your experience as a parent? Um, not so much, because like, you know, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and already, you know, we've had a lot of opportunities to discipline our kid and to set boundaries, and it's just something I know I struggle with. It's hilarious that she's she structures it like her sentence in that way. I punish thee, and then she's like frustrated that she has to come up with something that mm-hmm, is the actual mm-hmm, punishment. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that I think is a factor of how old maybe is right because like right now we can send B to her room. Sure, we can take away her toys. Yeah, right. But at a certain point, maybe it's maybe a little younger than this. But like once B's driving, I'm not taking her car away because then we have to drive. Well, I mean, I I we're not parents of a teenager yet. And I'm sure we'll have some tricks up our sleeve by that point. But I think Lindsay's been so disconnected because she's wanted maybe to be a free spirit that she's never engaged in a way where she has learned those things on the way. But I also think she has no cards to play, <laughs> right? right? She, That's the, the, true. Um, the more and more like independence you give your kid, the more and more independence you're going to get yourself. I yeah. mean, presumably if you're filling that void in your life. And yeah. I think that, 
Well, there's a Sopranos episode where they uh, try to punish their teenage daughter and realize, like, oh, she's got us bent over a barrel here. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's happening a little bit here. Oh, that's interesting. Were your parents ever effective in their punishments? Do you remember, like, a punishment that no. worked or didn't work? I mean, I was also... So, I mean, my my parents were... I mean, if you talk about parenting as, like, nurturing and lessons... They were all lessons without any of the nurturing. Sure, a lot of one armed <laughs> men in your family. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, you know, the, um, but uh, I would say that the more they tried to take things away from me, the more ways I found around them. Sure. And sure, sure, sure. the the more. Um, uh, creative I got in, in how to do those things. And like, oh man, it taught me how to be resourceful. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> but um, I don't remember ever having a punishment that like, especially as a teen, I mean, like when I was younger, yeah, go to your room, you know, mm-hmm. you, you can't, yeah, you can't have TV, you're, what, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, no, once you're 16, 17, 18, it gets pretty hard. I, when I was a teenager... Uh, played mailbox baseball and my mother made me drive through the neighborhood and if we had mutilated any mailboxes we were I was gonna have to stop and talk to the people oh that's a good one well it was at this point I had to tell my mother we hadn't even successfully played mailbox baseball we just accidentally intended to and broken the window behind me in my friend's (laughs) car like winding up to hit it one time Boys are dumb. We were super dumb, uh, but it was effective, yeah, right? I remember that's a good it was, one. you know, uh, you know, the good use of shame. Well, right, and I mean that's that's you know barely even. I mean it is shame, but it's also like it's it's not. I mean you are taking it's appropriate. Well, you're you're taking ownership of something you would ha- you did, you sure, know, sure, sure, which sure, sure. is yep. is great is responsibility. Um, on the other end, my dad once uh, he like in the powerless parent thing, he had lent me his Jeep, mm-hmm. um, and was like, "Well, I want it back," and I'm like, "No." I'm I'm 40 miles away. Like, sure. not going to do it. And he was like, you are in direct defiance. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, what are you? you are punished. I punished you. Are, you are punished, right? So that, that rang really uh, honest to me or true to my experience. Um, George and Lucille. George is very, well, one very... one quick thing. Oh, yeah, we, don't, we don't see Tobias in this episode we at sure all. We don't. I don't know. I don't remember um, the episodes around this uh, peer pressure, mm-hmm. what he's up to. I don't know if he's on his acting retreat with Carl Weathers. <laughs> he might be. But, I mean, I, I think that also just speaks to the um, latchkey Sure, sure. Maybe without any maybe. guidance. Yeah, yeah. she yes. has nobody. And, like, being in a house with, with uh, Michael is probably the first time that she's had active parenting, even mm-hmm. though he is, you know, not her parent. All right, so George Sr., um, I liked the, I mean, the intention of teaching lessons mm-hmm. is good. I don't know you that need you should. It. You, you, I mean, you need the nurturing. You mm-hmm. need to teach lessons. Mm-hmm. They you need, need to leave notes. Yeah, you, you need, need to yeah, communicate. All of those things are important. Um, it's just the, you know, PTSD that now those kids have. And also, I think it's hilarious, Lindsay didn't even get it. 
Mm-hmm. She didn't understand what the lesson was. Yeah, I thought she that She thought he was trying good. to get her off dairy. <laughs> <laughs> um, it rang true to me that the, the guy who he has doing all these things lost an arm at the Bluth Company. But he's yes. still like, no, I got to take care of this guy. Like, he's weirdly familial to his employees in a way he's not to his children, even when they are his employees. Yeah, that's very familiar, too. Um, I think in our relationship and also what I saw in my parents is, um, I mean, for me, I often feel like oh, well, these are work commitments. I have to get these work commitments done where things that are commitments to you or to our family sometimes feel like, oh, well, that's, you know, they love me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that can slide, right? right? Yeah, there's space there. And while that's true, it's also not very fair. Sure, 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 sure. Um, the misuse of company funds. I mean, my dad owns a business and the number of, outings to restaurants or God knows where else that have been justified as it's a business expense is astonishing to me. I mean, I understand you got to play the game that way and that like our, no, it's, I see your face, but that's a face that doesn't understand (laughs) that like the best way to return the most amount of money for your work is to start your own business, Mm -hmm. right? In the way this country is set up and like part of me is like, fuck them. It's a scam to begin with. So, I mean, you have every right to do that. But I think, obviously, George takes it a little too far. Well, right. And also, I mean, I've been in the nonprofit sector for so long where it's like, are you sure you need those pencils? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Different type of environment. Right, right, right. Sure. Um, and you know, remember my dad working in the eighties and nineties where it was like, you know, you, they did have big fancy parties and like, you know, his office always had liquor in the cabinets and like that kind of stuff is just so anachronistic, you know? Well, that's not, yeah, that's not what my dad's landscaping company was like, but the, the, I mean, my dad, but he was a CPA, so We talked about Uncle Doobie, my Uncle Doobie, uh, the Coke guy was a CPA. I mean, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Uh, It's a a male profession, right? Right. And in a male profession, you have that type of history. Well, and what I'm talking about mostly is the, like, schmoozing that you're expected to do with clients. Oh, that's not what I was talking about. Oh, what are... It's not at all what I said. Well, you were talking about spending company funds on on lavish meals and stuff. Yeah. Then, and it not having anything to do with the company. Oh, that it's just okay. for personal use. Gotcha. Like it doesn't have me and my dad and my sister eating dinner isn't a business expense, yet it was treated <laughs> as such. I thought you were just talking about like I mean because from my experience it was like big dinners and stuff like that that my dad would go out with like, you know, Mad Men style. Sure, 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 sure. Some people who he was trying to court into being a business partner. Got it. Um, The other parent would be Lucille. Yeah, one more thing on George. I love that he sticks to the bit of, um, what is his name? Walter Weatherman? J. Walter Weatherman. J. Walter Weatherman, uh, where... Michael asks him if that one-armed man is still alive. I don't want your forgiveness, Dad. I want the guy with the one arm and the fake blood, J. Walter Weatherman. How do I get a hold of him? Uh, he's uh, dead. You killed him when you left the door open with the air conditioner on. Oh, for God's sake, Dad. He's not dead. Listen. That was very, uh, very dad. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucille, for me, her most mom moment was... Well, maybe I don't feel like being criticized around the clock. I don't criticize you. And if you're worried about criticism, sometimes a diet is the best defense. Well, that and um, what does she say about Lindsay? 
She's so critical. That's another one, of, another her one of her faults. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that whole experience that Maybe has where she is like, this is great. Like, here's the, the razzle dazzle of mm-hmm. being with somebody who isn't your parent, especially somebody with some bucks. And then like realizing how absolutely heartbreaking it is to live that every day. When they do that in that first scene mm-hmm. so well, because like maybe enters the scene, the first scene of Lucille and maybe together, maybe enters it so excited. And then mm-hmm. Lucille gets her like dagger in at the end mm-hmm. of the scene. And you're just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. About distracting from the freckles. Mm-hmm. Like that is so mean and like just mean spirited. And like being so critical about bodies was something that was just so familiar to me uh, from my grandma and, and my mom. Um, And, like, what that means about their own experience of being women and, like, how that is them trying to protect a young person. Mm -hmm. But it's not. It doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of of trauma as protection in this episode. And that's sort of, uh, you'll grow thicker skin, I guess, is the the theory there. But you might also just get completely shell-shocked. Right. Um, Speaking of, in the figurative family, I think we see Buster. Uh, in a very paternal role to yes. Lucille too. Yes. Our nausea. Yes. <laughs> I think that. And I mean, his, like, his buster with um, working with uh, George Michael, I mm-hmm. think, too, is, you know, he's, he's um, trying to, I mean, maybe that's more brotherly than it is paternal. Well, but I think it's there's a difference in power there that's not quite brotherly, right? Did right. you ever do any, like, shady stuff with your aunts and uncles like that? Like, score pot or... No. For older, uh, like, not not family, but yes. Okay. <laughs> but yes, that was... Like, like, friends of family? People like a buster or... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, specifically scoring pot. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I wrote... I will be as I've sworn to secrecy on this, but I'll tell you off mic who it is. But I, a member of my family uh, went to college after they were an adult, and I wrote a term paper for them. Oh, yeah. For money. Um, I wrote one for um, a friend of mine, too. I don't know. I, I can't remember if she actually used it, but I wrote <laughs> the whole thing, and I wrote it tongue-in-cheek. No. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think she used Big portions of big it. Big portions of it. Yeah. We did, uh, my friend Alex and I did that for our other friend Billy in high school, but like put stuff in there that was critical of Billy because we didn't think he was <laughs> even going to read it. He did at least proofread the paper. We That's turned very, in more. very funny. That's very funny. Um, all right. So uh, I also uh, very much related to Buster and his medical pot. Yeah. Uh, in this episode. Oh, my God. Why can you not get pot? <laughs> like, well, okay. As someone who was not in 2004, but in 2005 was buying pot in the greater Los Angeles area. Did you go to the big yellow joint? No, we didn't. I mean, I fucking drove all, our, all over hell and back before I got yeah. my prescription. I, yeah. like, lived in Mid-Wilshire and would drive to the valley to wow. this apartment complex that was, like, reality stars and empty units like was all mm-hmm. it was and, and buy overpriced weed and then I got hooked up with a guy in Venice and would drive out there that and then right. it's just far as fuck man yeah and like, then I finally got my prescription and it was my old lady's on the floor man <laughs> 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 um 
Yeah, I got my prescription from a uh, doctor's office of Bubba Popeyes, mm-hmm. and it's been gravy since oh, then. Oh, man. Um, Sounds what's good. What's the most stoned you've ever been? Buster in here tries to eat the big donut. Oh, boy. Um, probably one of my first times ever smoking pot. It was a guy who was friends with Sarah who smoked me up, and like... I probably only needed a little hit and he gave me, he like convinced me that I should do a whole bowl and Mm. like also had like out of this world pot. Sure. I, we went to a trail of dead concert. I couldn't open the door. Sure. Sure, (laughs) sure, Get into the venue. I thank God my dorm was across the street Otherwise, I'm not sure I would have made it back. But I remember, like, staying up until, like, 5 in the morning watching the sun come up and being like, oh, man. <laughs> what a goober. What a square. <laughs> uh, mine's both blunt. Uh, both just couldn't walk. Yeah. Just that was it. Like, God, saw some stairs and was like, oh, can't do that. And yeah. another one couldn't get from the car to the bar we were going to. Yeah, like, had yeah, to yeah. sit yeah. down for a little bit. Boy, yeah. Take a load off. Uh, yeah, good times. Um, <laughs> who else did you see as figurative family in this? Figurative parents? Um, yeah. George Michael, for George sure. George does a lot of parenting, He right? does a lot of parenting of everybody, of Michael, of uh, Buster, of Job. He's all over the place being, I mean, like he, and he does that through the series, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. Um He's always the one trying to to really pull everybody together, which also felt pretty familiar. But, um, and you know, what else was really sad to see was uh, parts of Michael rubbing off on George Michael, um, which I think is really familiar as a parent myself, like hearing B parrot some of the things we do. Sure. Um, which can be good and bad, but this was specifically Michael in George Michael early in the episode is like dumb, 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 dumb mm-hmm, George Michael. Mm-hmm, and he's like mm-hmm. literally saying that out loud, beating himself up. And Michael's like, Hey, Hey, Hey buddy. Like you don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. But then we see Michael do it later in the episode about himself. And mm-hmm. it's like, that's why he's doing it. And you can't stop then your child from repeating those same kind of behaviors. You have to model different behaviors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that was interesting to me. I think that's also why George Michael's everybody's parent, right? Because mm-hmm. he sees that value in his dad. We'll talk about it. I think it's pretty misguided. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's interesting. The um, He does have to parent a lot of people, and I think that's how it ends up going mm-hmm. in families like this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I know I did a lot of parenting of mm-hmm. a lot of people mm-hmm. who were supposed to be parenting me. <laughs> um, I liked uh, Job telling Michael how to parent. I thought that was very... <laughs> The way you act when you don't actually have kids. Like, well, I would yeah. never, now that we have kids, tell somebody else how to parent. Yeah. But I thought about it all the time when we didn't have kids. Yep. <laughs> yep. That was that was very funny. I also love um, Job, again, being a dirtbag uncle, like the, you know, Uncle Doobie. Um, literally in this episode where he steals some of um, George Michael's weed and then also where he like, he's like, he gave me $200. He gave me $100. I don't know why I said $200. <laughs> like, that is some serious dirtbag older brother Who, energy. Again, like George Sr. is more concerned about his work people, in this right. instance the hot cops, right. than his actual family. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's true. Um, though I do, I guess it's I got to give Job a little credit, I think, for going to Michael with George Michael's request. 
Yeah, for sure. Right? Like yeah. if, you know, when our daughter asks one of my uncles to score her weed, I hope he will come to me. Uh-huh. Or one of my brothers, yes. rather, to score her weed. I hope they will come to me. Right, right. To address that rather than it just being... Yeah, just like a secret, you know, or... or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll do it. Who gives a shit? Right. You know? I mean, yeah. um, I, it demonstrated a little bit of care from Joe, which I liked. All right. Now, was there any anything else you want to add before we talk about the wonderfully bad parenting in this episode? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think we covered all the quote unquote good parenting. Okay. <laughs> uh, except the best moments. We'll save those for the end. Sure. Like, um, the, oh, I did want to say one other thing about George Michael. Uh, Echoing Michael. Dumb. Dumb George Michael. Dumb. Whoa, dumb. whoa, whoa. Calm down, you two. It's just a math problem. Well, yeah, but if I fail math, there goes my chance at a good job and a happy life full of hard work, like you always say. Yeah. <laughs> what? I don't know what else you think is waiting for it. <laughs> He's not wrong. Um, all right. So bad parenting. I, the theme song bothers me so much. Mm. Now the story of a wealthy family who lost everything and the one son who had no choice but to keep them all together. He had lots of choices. Yeah. He has a choice many, many times he has in a choice the episode every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every second. Mm-hmm. You, you, that is, love isn't something that is just happens. It's a constant choice to do it. Mm-hmm. And like you can decide to have boundaries around that in whatever way you need to be healthy and happy. And I would argue, man, he's doing such a disservice to George Michael by keeping those people in his himself. life. Oh, of course. Because but like, he, he, he keeps getting corrupted by these people. Uh-huh. That's, that's the nature of their type of dysfunction is that right. it, it is sticky. Yeah. And you start to think like them and act like them. And it is hard to escape. But he's in Arizona. You know, like, yeah. and, and as much as I agree with Lucille that I would rather be dead in California <laughs> than alive in Arizona, I he's got to get out of this. You got to get out, and and like for me, uh, something like some of my healing I haven't been able to do for myself, but I've been able to do knowing that we have a child. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because it's like, no, I want to end those things. Where, like, if maybe I wasn't a parent, I wouldn't have as strong of that urge to do, sure. to address them now. Um, and it's just so disappointing to see Michael not choose his son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and choose these people who continue to give him nothing. A, a um, take. Take, yeah. Yes, actively take from him. Uh, there's two moments in the end where Michael is just awful. Where... First, Buster is the guy who got George Michael the pot. He is the the person he's trying to help teach this lesson to, mm-hmm. right? He's the bad guy. And then Michael is like, no, take George Michael home with you. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, maybe don't trust your kid with that guy. Yeah, if he's, if he's shown himself to be this inept and ridiculous, mm-hmm. uh, probably not good that he is your kid. And then... Well, and, and how hurt Buster is because he knows that Job and Michael will tease him and, like, cut down his own relationships. Mm-hmm. Why do you want those people in your son's life? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I know. Um, you know, but well, but there's that. Don't you want them to know your grandparents or whatever? And it's, uh, it's like asking if I want to come over for dinner. Like, what are you serving? Right. Is it something nutritious or is it a big old plate of bullshit? Right. Because yeah. I don't want the second thing. Right. Exactly. Like, um, in the end of the episode, George Michael's finally honest about his feelings about maybe, and Michael can't hear him at all. At all. 
like ask for honesty, gets it, and then it's just like, hey, can't deal with know. it. <laughs> yeah. Can't Never even mind. compute it. Yeah. yeah. And that's the type of thing where it's like, how could he be in such denial when I put any thought into this in 2005 when I would watch it? <laughs> but now I, I get it. I mean, you've seen it. We see it playing out on a national scale, right? Yes, people do it all of the time. And, like, it's, it's you know, the way that my mom was like, no, spend time with your grandma. She's great. Don't you love her? And it's like, you grew up with this woman. You know how abusive she is. Mm-hmm. You just want that for me, too? I used to struggle with that with my dad and mom and sister. I was like, you know how toxic the two of them are together. You know that I need to get away from them. And he'd be like, I don't know. That's your mom and sister. You shouldn't say those things. And it's like, well, well, yes, you can. You live 40 miles away, motherfucker. Like, right. Yeah. You're basking in the buffer zone. Right. Yeah. Um, the lessons. The lessons. Well-intentioned, yes. I think. But obviously, my God. Horrifically misguided. Horrifically misguided. And like I mentioned earlier, um, when you induce that kind of trauma in children, they're not going to learn. Mm-hmm. Like, or they're going to learn a, a lesson for sure, but they're not going to learn the object lesson you were trying to teach. Correct. Them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, learning shuts down mm-hmm. when you're traumatized. Mm-hmm. Like that's the, And you learn how to exist and survive, which are usually not the things you're trying to teach children. Right. Right. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, anytime my dad was like overtly disciplinary like this, the lesson I learned is my dad's a prick. Yeah. Not yeah, like, yeah. not anything about whatever he was trying to teach me. I um, mean, what good lessons to say, like, leave a note if we run out of something like, you know, you guys have to be quiet when we're doing something dangerous, like being on a boat. Like mm-hmm, those are mm-hmm, fine. Mm-hmm. Those are great lessons. In fact, that's Don't not know the way. <laughs> the whole smoke the pack, smoke the whole pack energy of, you know, the one-armed man and, right? and all of the trauma. Um, did you see any other bad parenting I in mean, this episode? Yeah. Uh, particularly, I feel like we haven't done Lucille. Lucille as her, is just such a bitch. Well, we could go get some ice cream, Gangi. That would be fun, right? I don't think so. That chubby little wrist of yours is testing the tensile strength of this bracelet as it is. One, no, it's not. <laughs> and two, fuck you. Like, I, she's, like, this maybe is of that age where, like, she's a little chubby, but that's because she's a child. Mm-hmm. Like, she has, she has, like, the appropriate amount of body. <laughs> like... <laughs> Because everybody does. And, like, you know, also, like, teasing people isn't the way you get them to change their behavior. It just makes them more secretive about it mm-hmm. um, and hurts their feelings and makes them not want to talk to you. And, man, Lucille is just cruel. I liked the, or it rang true to me, the real difference in their relationship at first that, like, maybe sees it all the glitter, as you said, mm-hmm. and then starts to get through and, like, oh. This is horrible. Yeah. And, um, and in the end, I think what's really a sweet moment is maybe giving that the brooch that Lindsay had wanted, um, giving it to Lindsay and saying, like, you deserved this. Right. Like, you put up with it your whole life. Oh I, I think, yeah, maybe it's the closest thing the show has to a heart. Yeah. Right. And like she she even leaves a note. Mm-hmm. Right, so she learns the lessons of these people, yeah. and then she understands I've got to get the hell away from well, these people. Well, which maybe right? it's stress. Maybe not having all that stress makes her able to actually soak in the lessons. And if she actually had parents who were engaged, she would be heads and shoulders above everybody. Well, when any time 
had different parents who were engaged, right? Because anytime Lindsay and Tobias engage in Maybe's life, it's oh, a it's disaster. Terrible. Right? Yeah. But, Leather daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, good parenting or great parenting? I saw a couple of things I, I really liked. Um, I liked Michael telling George Michael, go make mistakes, be young. Uh, oh, my gosh. I thought that, that was, was fantastic. Like, relieving him from his work at the Big Yellow Joint. Yeah. I mean, and that that is true. Like, he he's going to make mistakes. He's going to mess up. The thing that was problematic then is Michael couldn't deal with any of those mess ups. Like, oh, right, right, right. Well, but of course. that, that is like the good part of it. And mm-hmm. like, I think again, with the lessons, like those are, those are good that you need to teach your children lessons, but you don't need to traumatize, traumatize them. them. I wholeheartedly support Michael's love and approach uh, to discipline. I think it's a good way to live one's life. Which is what? I uh, just to value it. I think oh, that's, sure. uh, you know, um, a key aspect of his parenting that I think is good. Um, and then I really appreciated, and it rang true to me, that George Sr., when he's talking to Michael in prison about George Michael, he doesn't think he's smoking pot. I thought you hated those lessons. I did, but they worked, and they will work again. Well, I'm done with him, because it was wrong, Michael. Come on. Your son is a timid, thoughtful boy. He's a scholar, like his grandfather. My my grandpa can see me in ways my dad can't. For and sure. Like, has taught me life lessons where, like, the lesson was tough love in a way that didn't make me feel like a prick. Yes. Or, or like he was a prick, right? Which right. my dad has never successfully done. Um, and it's interesting because he also beat the shit out of my dad. Well, and I think that there's something to say to, did he ever beat you? No. Okay. So that, well, I my think. My dad would kill him. Well, exactly. That, I mean, like, I think grandparents have the benefit of, of, of a life perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and often find ways of parenting more effectively as they age. And because you're not dealing with the day to day, you can engage with children in a way that isn't as um, inflammatory for their own stuff. That's interesting that you think it's a sweet thing. I think it's a totally, they're just disinterested. Oh, interesting. It doesn't matter, right? The, for my Grandpa controlling my dad is what he had to do as his dad. He didn't give a shit what I do. I'm not his kid. <laughs> like, you know, I'm uh, Bill's problem, uh-huh. right? I'm I'm the punishment my dad gets for having sex. For no, for having evil, well, yes, but also for for everything he put my grandpa through. Sure, you know what yeah. I mean. That's how kids are viewed in my family. Is like, well, this is your burden for everything I had to do for you, and it's like, oh, oh, yuck, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I think both are probably true, both my perspective and yours. Mm-hmm. On, I think it's true for some people, and then we see Lucille. It's not true for her. She's not able to disengage from those things sure. that she did with Lindsay with, with maybe. That's definitely true. She just keeps. You haven't noticed that, like, when we tell my mom our kid couldn't sleep or something, she gets a little bit of a kick out of it. Oh, I mean, yeah. There's a little bit of a now you're getting a taste of your own medicine. I mean, my mom told me I think I was like 16, and she, as a, like, I don't know, she, whatever, wanted me to feel her wrath or whatever. (laughs) She was just like, I hope when you have children, you have a daughter just like you. Like she could have had like a flashlight under her chin, <laughs> like, just like you. Yeah, exactly. And like I remember growing up and being like, "Yeah, I, me too." Like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of. Well, when you have kids, you can do it how you want. And so far, we are. It's going yeah, great. Good. So. <laughs> and guess what? I have 
a child who is a lot like me uh, yeah, and pokes at a lot of my stuff, but I do things like therapy and, you know, I, I mean, I work towards bettering myself and not just lashing out at my child. That's right. Which, again, mm-hmm. is why this episode was so hard <laughs> to record about, right? <laughs> Uh, it's a tough one. I don't think we'll be. We talked about. I mean, we laughed our asses off watching this oh episode. Oh my gosh! But I don't yeah. think we're gonna go back to the series. It just—it's so mean. I just yeah. don't like it. I just in a world where everything's so mean, like I don't need more mean. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, with mean without more there. You know, like I mean, we watched well, a little there's, Chernobyl there's there, like, or there's there. It's well observed. It's sure. not wrong about yeah. its observations about people, but it's like it's a it's a Refresher on something we've all gotten a master class in yeah. the last four years, right? And it's just like I don't, I don't want to, with so many other things to put in front of my face and ears. Like yeah. I don't want to do this one. Um, hopefully, Yucky. you don't feel that way about this podcast, dear listener. <laughs> Yucky, Yucky was a perfect embodiment of how I felt. Like, you know, watching at like during That's why was all the hilarious. Use that word. Right, exactly, <laughs> and I think like. You know, really, I, how I felt we, when we saw my parents, mm-hmm. I, I felt good in the moment. I was laughing. I was enjoying. It was like eating potato chips. And then afterwards, I felt like I ate three bags of potato mm-hmm. chips and just felt yucky. Mm-hmm. Right, that's a good note to end on uh, for this week. We'll be back with something a little bit brighter spirited, hopefully, uh, next <laughs> week. Uh, take care of that.